You're listening to Paint the Town Podcast with your hosts. LA Street Art Gallery resident artist, teacher, and founder of LA Street Art Gallery, James Chen of Paint the Town Podcast, episode 103. How's it going, guys? Good to have you back, Teach. Uh, thanks, man. I was just, wow, looking at the hair. It's, it's time for a, a haircut, man. Um, hey, man. You know, yeah. that's a sensitive subject for me. You know why? I had to cut my own hair, guys. I think I did an okay <laughs> job. Actually, it's kind of dark right now, so you can't see. Yeah. But the problem I can't is, see a damn thing. <laughs> but the problem is my that... My wife's really cut mine. <laughs> Richard, you finally got your hair cut. Uh, you know what's My funny, wife man? Cut it. <laughs> I, I just feel like it's kind of tough that uh, our the governor, our governor, is like not allowing salons to be open, but then he's like collecting a paycheck himself. You, you know what I mean? It's kind of like fucked up if you yeah. think about it, you know? And this is all taxpayer money. I mean, I don't know what the right thing to do is, but that sounds a little bit like, huh, you, you know? <laughs> he's preventing... Well, all I can tell you is that by uh, <clears throat> probably the next episode... Um, I, uh, I may be taking the clippers myself and um, you know, just lining a couple of mirrors up or something like that. And then, uh, you know, I look at it as a challenge. You know, hey, you know what? Have your, have your wife give it a shot, you know? Uh, mm. You know, I mean, uh, <laughs> it's you know, I, I was surprised. I mean, my wife, like, she said, let me cut your hair. She doesn't of if yeah. it doesn't look good. You know what I mean? Ah, I don't yeah. blame her. I, I could always blame her. <laughs> teach, you, you can shave your head, right? You have a shave. You have a... Oh, man. Yeah. I, might, I don't have like a weird you know, knotted head or, you know, weird shaped or whatever, but um, yeah, that's, that, that needs to be, uh, something needs to be done about that, man. Um, but um, yeah, that's, uh, here goes there, but um, you know what, before we get going today, I wanted to, to mention something, uh, James. Um, I did this stencil of uh, one of my favorite YouTube people, his name is Mark Rober, um, and uh, so the, uh, the stencil I did is of him, and he's wearing this hat turned around backwards, and it says, vote for science. Um, awesome. I'm trying to stay away from, um, you know, the, the Democrats and Republican politics. I'm trying to go for, like, you know, what makes sense. And, and science, yeah. science is all about accuracy. You know what I mean? Mm. It's all about being as accurate as possible. And, you know, um, I don't feel like we've had that uh, – for a long time, accuracy. It seems like uh, with everything, there's there's been really nothing nothing accurate lately, and it's it's I think one of the things that's driving people crazy. You know, you know I, I mean, as we that for- and having a leader who yells at people and screams at people can't help but that being an influence too, right? If that's what your leader does, then anyway. Hey, what about that speech last night? That woman at the Republican National Convention. She's, uh, that's that's the difference of having an audience life. and not having an audience. If she would have yeah. an audience like going crazy cheering and everything, there right. wouldn't have seemed. Uh, that was Don Jr.'s wife or girlfriend or whatever, right? Right. Yeah. Um, she used to be Newsom's ex-wife, Governor yeah, Gavin. That's a little odd yeah. too, right? Yeah. That's that's awkward, right? That was right. a very great yeah. speech. <laughs> but yeah, at the end of that, it was just kind of like, oh, good, it's over. It's, yeah. yeah. She went. She was raging at that point, you know. I hear the doorbell, man. Uh, Teach, you want to talk a little bit about our guest today? Yes, Destroy All Design. Um, this is one of the guys that has been around um, since I actually got started. I've, I've seen his work in the street. 
Um, and uh, he's, he's one of these guys that, um, you know, he's just always been around. Um, he may have taken a little bit of time off to do some other stuff, but, um, you know, he's still uh, in the community. And um, I just, I, I, only, I think I got to hang out with him only one time, really, is at a book signing for a book by Jim Dyson. And um, got to know him right quick and was just like, man, this guy's a really cool guy. I'd love to hang out with him sometime. But when you got twins <coughs> and, you know, been as busy as I've been the past uh, eight or ten years, kind of hard to, you know, and, and as well as he, he's been busy as well. So, um, well, um, anyway. I, I, thought he, I thought he was in the waiting room, but uh, uh, he's <clears throat> I don't I don't see him anymore. So I, I'm sure he'll come back and then uh, I'll let him in, man. Um, I heard the doorbell. I like, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I think he played Ding Dong Ditch with us, man. <laughs> <laughs> ding Dong Ditch. <laughs> Did you ever do that when you were a kid, though? I, I mean, play Ding Dong Ditch. Oh, yeah, I, I did. How can, you know, can we just go ahead and, and um, cut it so that, like, when, uh, when he does come back, we can just tie it back in? Oh, he's here. He's, he's back here. he's here. He's back. He's back. Okay. All right. Sorry about that. Yeah, there he is. Awesome. Wow. And look at the background. I love it. You oh, got us. Awesome. Can you hear it? Destroy. Hello, man. How's it going? Awesome, man. Good. Glad you can hear me and everything. We always go through that initial part of being like, you know, the, either the bad connection or they haven't turned on the mic or anything like that. But, uh, well done, man. Thanks for joining us today, bro. Welcome. How you doing? Where, uh, where are you uh, joining us from? Lovely Los Angeles. Nice. Uh, I, uh, LA kid born and raised, man. Oh, what, uh, what part of LA? Uh, I am right now in the foothills, in the canyons of like past Glendale into like the Tahanga, San Fernando area now. Valley, basically. Nice, nice, nice. 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 But, but are the uh, are you anywhere near any of the fires? I was. Um, every year we have fires, so uh, we were close to one of them, and then it kind of just passed over. So we're okay right now. Oh man. Oh my God! Are you near uh, a lot of wooded area, like forest, or are you, uh, you know, surrounded by houses? Because that makes all the difference yeah. <laughs> when a fire is approaching. Yeah, right. I, I left. I left Hollywood because I was born and raised in Hollywood, and then I ended up here. And I traded in the, you know, the crackheads and the bums for the squirrels and bears of forest. Now, I don't know what's worse, dude. Like one wants to eat you, and the others want to stab you. So that's right. just the way. It really works. Yeah, same here. I, I grew up in Hollywood also, man, so I know what it's like, believe me. Yeah, it's a mess, dude. It's a mess. <laughs> have you had any uh, experiences with bears yet? No. No, I have not. I have okay, not I'm sorry any... I asked because I know that's like a jinx as soon as someone fucking asks and, you know, like tomorrow you'll be like, dude, you can hit me with a DM teach, man. Fucking bear came by last night. Thanks, asshole. There's no bears here. It's, uh, here it's more like bobcats and coyotes and snakes. We had a snake in the house the other day. Oh, and porn stars back in the day. <laughs> yeah, well that, that's Van Nuys. Let's not conflict and confuse the two. Van Nuys is the whole of the ball game, dude. Anything goes there, man. <laughs> oh, and, and uh, where is it? Uh, Chatsworth is what I hear. Chatsworth is, yeah, that's the upscale shit. Anyway. 
Come on, guys. Come on. <laughs> Vegas is the new hub for porn, guys. Come on. You know, there's that condom law, guys. You, you, you know what I mean? They all moved to Vegas, man. Come on. And you're just right. How, boy, how, just how so you know, know about no subject, no subject is off limits here. You know what I mean? We're all adults here and everything. We like to keep it organic. There's no really, you know, set form. We don't have a list of questions or anything like that. But um, I do have a question for you. Um, what... Uh, what what made you get involved with uh, with the uh, arts in the streets originally? That's a really loaded question, um, <laughs> but a good one. Uh, where do I begin? Um, I started out in '83, '84 um, here in Los Angeles. Um, I. So I was I was on Fairfax. No, I was on Wilshire and I was walking down the street. Must have been like 13, 14 years old. And there was this huge graffiti piece right in front of my face. It was the most incredible thing I've ever seen. And it was by a, a style master by the name of Rival from WCA. Um, God rest his soul. WCA? Um, can you just so the um, listeners understand what that means? Uh, any idea what that stands for, WCA? Yeah. Yeah, WCA is one of the seminal groundbreaking graffiti crews of Los Angeles. Um, it was started, please forgive me if I get this wrong, Rival and Risky started it out. Um, and uh, Risk is still around doing really great big stuff. Um, so Rival was a style master and I didn't know anything about graffiti. I didn't know about anything. All I knew is I was already, you know, painting myself. And I saw that and then I got a hold of a, a book called Style uh, Subway Art. And I saw a movie called Style Wars. And then oh, yeah. we just started seeing a lot of graffiti all over Los Angeles. And all these crews were coming out that were painting these incredible paintings. It's not like it is now. Like back then, it was the Wild West. So you had these amazing graffiti groups like WCA um, and KSN, King Stop at Nothing, KGB, which was uh, Kids Gone Bad, um, mm. the original KGB. Um, you know, and then CBS, who can forget CBS, and, you know, who are just amazing. And, you know, I, I grew up around these guys and just seeing what they were doing, and I wanted to do it too, and um, that's all she wrote, man. I just started painting graffiti, um, and then I... Oh, wait, I'm sorry, what, admit, uh, what was your original um, kind of artwork you were doing, like, before graffiti? What, what, would you, what was your original pull to art? Um, well... I, I initially started out just sketching in my notebook because I hated school. Amen to that, brother. Yeah, I hated school. Teacher, right? <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> no, I did too, man. I what kept me out of the principal's office was doing my little scribbles, dude, because if I wasn't doing that, I was trying to make someone giggle or something like that, and the teacher's like, Bialy, uh -uh, get out of here. You know, so it was better than I drew. I'm sorry. Go ahead. So... I was just sketching a lot, drawing a lot. It was my escape from, you know, just my childhood. Like this, a lot of I grew up in a really crazy childhood, and um, when I when I saw graffiti for the first time, it really spoke to me because here was a rebellious form of art that I had no clue how it was made, and, and I just started seeing these incredible productions, and it really drew me in. And then my cousin, who's pretty much like my brother, grew up with me. We were both from single parent homes. I'm sorry, uh, only kept child, only children. Uh, we started sharing graffiti ideas, and he was in San Francisco, and he went on to become this huge, well-known graffiti writer, but he and I were painting together all the time. Um, I mean, he went on to create Montana Colors North America, which... Oh, wow. Yeah, wow. He, that, yeah he's the, he, was, he was the LA distributor 
I'm sorry, the North American distributor for Spanish Montana paint. Uh, wow. Okay. Yeah, so Those are good guys. Yeah. yeah. Those are the ones we like. Yeah. I'm not going to make any comments right now about that. But anyway. <laughs> so, we'll talk about that another time. Yeah. So then, um, I mean, I'm giving you the really abbreviated version. I mean, I was seeing a lot of these guys painting. And then I stopped painting for a lot of reasons, namely because it got really violent in Los Angeles. Um, it was the dark ages in the 90s where if you're a graffiti writer, you're, you, the odds are you could get shot or killed simply because you're, LA has had a long history with, um, a long history about gangs. Yeah, and, rivalries. Yeah, uh, yeah rivalries. and a lot of the graffiti yeah. writers are coming up the second, third, the third or fourth generation, they, they were associated. So it wasn't, it wasn't about like just painting pieces anymore. It was about, you know, which, which clique you're from and what gang you're from. And, you know, well, that's not me. I'm, I didn't grow up in that world. So, and then I saw many of my friends were getting hurt. Some people got killed. So I got out of it. Um, and then I came back uh, around nine or 10 years ago doing street art. And uh, that's where Dietrich, you and I met. And, uh, you know, I always, I always reference my roots to graffiti um, and comic books and stuff like that. But really, graffiti was a big influence in my work for placement, for painting, you name it. You know, so that's how I got back into it. And I made a lot of new friends, and it was cool. You know, I was just uh, I was telling everybody earlier how uh, uh, every, I, I started around uh, 2010 myself, like towards the end of 2010, and that uh, you were one of the people that were, you know, in the scene at the time. and um, I think uh, I only really got to hang out with you one time, and it was like at a book thing for uh, Jim Dyshen, right? Is that right? Yeah, Jim's a good yeah. Yeah, Jim. Yeah. yeah, we've had Professor yeah, Jim on our enjoying, show. Uh, yeah. I think three three times now, right? Yeah. Three Jim, well, he's the professor, you know what I mean? He's the yeah. professor. He's written like five or six books on it, so uh, but I, yeah. I remember, our... I remember the Destroy All Design um, uh, uh, the skull with the, uh, uh, the riot gear, basically. Frankenstein, too. yeah. I actually have that sticker on my, uh, on my desk still. Okay, so what were some of the areas you were getting up at? Uh. Oh, my God, dude. We were everywhere. Um, all of L.A. I mean, there was a strong teacher. You're right. There was a strong three years where uh, myself and my partner, Scepterhead, destroyed. Yes, I heard, I heard it. Yeah, we, we destroyed Los Angeles. Um, we had... I saw you guys everywhere. Everywhere, wow. yeah, we were everywhere. We 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 dominated the entire city. We made our way into various other cities, um, and uh, we were forced to be reckoned with. And then, you know, we slowed down. He went in another direction. I went in a direction, and I love him to death. And we still talk. We still talk about doing stuff together, except we're we're on different paths, and uh, we, we crisscross time times. Nice. That, yeah. that was a lot. That was the life back then. Like, we were the fourth generation of street writers, street artists, because there's three, there's three generations, and that's we were the last ones. Because Lord knows, the exit to the gift shop fucked everything up for all of us. Yeah, <laughs> true. It brought around a bunch, a bunch of uh, new people, uh, including me. You know what I mean? That was uh, before that. I was doing studio work, and um, but uh, unlike some of the others, or many of the others that uh, were basically looking for fame or for money out of the situation and didn't get it and dropped out, um, it became an addiction for, for me. 
you know, okay. being able to, to get up outside, you know. Um, oh, that's a rush. I never, never see myself stop doing it. Um, it's, but, a rush. Um, it's a rush, dude. And, like, certain people that came up in that, that time, they were amazing. Like, I'll still see, like, old shark tooth pieces, or I'll see yes. yeah. white pieces, or I'll see um, cage number seven, or I'll see, you know, any one of these people that, you know, truly were doing incredible things, and they were, they were the purists, you know. Um, it was the time, but it all changed, because, you know, when the galleries got involved, and the galleries have always been there, and, you know, I've been in galleries, and many artists have, galleries get involved, big money gets involved, the business of art has a proclivity to just shift the, the office of what is good and what's great. You know, and you just get to a point where you're like, well, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. And, you know, there's only so much money to pour to something. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people think that, uh, that street artists, you know, they, if they see them in a gallery at all. They think that that street artist is like banking, you know, yeah. which is right. not the case. Um, a lot of times they make a uh, that space. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Um, <clears throat> Destroy, do you remember the uh, the street art blog, Melrose and Fairfax? How could I forget, of course. Of course. Shout out to Greg. Yeah, Greg. Um, so I was, uh, that seemed like it was something that was kind of helping things to grow for a little while. But then it seemed like it just kind of became a, a poison. You know what I mean? Like it, it started a lot of beefs and, um, you know, what, uh, what was the last you remember of, uh, you know, thinking of it? Like, the, what did you think of it when you first saw it as opposed to when the last time you checked in? What was your take on it? You know, um, to many of your viewers and listeners, Melrose and Fairfax, the blog, was one of the most um, prominent street art blogs in L.A. from, like, 2000. What was that, like 2012, 2013? Actually, it was about 2000. I looked it up, and it was early 2010, maybe late 2009, up to, uh, and then he shut it down in 2013. I mean, I think that he, he did what, you know, any journalist would do, which is provoke, evoke, and get people to start talking about things. In this culture of street art and graffiti, well, I'm not going to commingle the two. There is a difference, okay? In street art, you know, you know, the artist rage is definitely there. People get upset very quickly or hurt very quickly. And, um, you know, I mean, when I, when I checked in, I met Greg a few times. He was always really nice to me. Yeah. Um, I, didn't, I didn't necessarily like uh, many of his posts. But then again, I'm not supposed to like all of his posts. Because if you're pleasing everybody in the room, then you're doing something wrong. Okay? Exactly. So agree, Good point. But at the same token, there was some things like, you know, that he would bring to light that were very, very interesting. There were things he would bring to light that were, um, you know, very provoking. And I could see how people would, would not be entirely happy with the stuff that he sets out. But then again, no one's happy. Look at us now. I mean, everyone's pissed off at each other for the dumbest shit, for the most important shit. You know what I mean? So, so yeah, I, I, again, I know he shut down the site after Banks. He made his big, big you know, tour through here, and then it was the site was over, along with all the other ones, like Streetsy and Booster Collective. And, the dirt uh, floor. Pablo had a nice site, man. That was a good yeah. site. 
that had yeah, beautiful, you know, beautiful photos and everything. Yeah, yeah, and he didn't interject his opinion, which I really liked about it. Like it was just look at this art and make your own decision, which I thought was very cool. You, you yeah, know what I think it I is as well tried. too. I think also <laughs> social media started becoming um, more popular, so all these blog sites basically became oh, yeah. social media feeds. You know, um, you, you know yeah. how, how the connection between us and Melrose and Fairfax is. Yeah, I used to uh, know Greg as well too. We used to go to the bankrupt slut shows. You know, I used to, <clears throat> I used to see, uh, you know, our girl Trisha Ray and everything like that too. Right, just to reminisce a little bit about those days, man. And uh, just like Teach said, I think at the end of the day, he just didn't when he didn't want to do it anymore. Um, we actually gave him. We did an interview for bankrupt slut, kind of like talking about the band and. Uh, <clears throat> His, uh, uh, his blog and everything like that too. So if you ever go on Ellie Strad Gallery uh, YouTube channel, go ahead and check that out back in the day. We, uh, but, you know, I think, uh, you know, he, I always say he handed over the torch to us and Ellie Strad Gallery. Uh, we were still one of his partner sites. If you look on the original Melrose and Fairfax link that um, is still yeah. there. And one of the things that I think that we've been managed to, all you got to do is just stay consistent and just keep people know what's going on, you know, and then we've never really interjected our opinion in beefs. And especially on this podcast, man, I have people message me about, Hey, this guy capped me, this guy. <clears throat> and you know what? I'm like, I always tell them like, Hey, to each their own, man, because it's like, if we're covering that type of like little beefs, man, like we're kind of taking away from the scene. I feel like, you know, and we want to bring our favorites. Yeah. But anyways, right, yeah. uh, yeah. So I, I digress. Well, there's so many other things to talk about other than beefs anyway. Um, I am curious, though, um, when you were um, doing the, the graffiti before, um, like back in the 80s or, or 90s or whatever, um, did you ever get in any physical altercations with anybody? I mean, do we really want to talk about those things right now? Dude, here's the thing. You know what I mean? People, uh, there's some kids out there that might be listening, thinking that that's something they want to do. And like maybe get jumped into the crew or some shit like that. And sometimes it's good for them to hear a story about, you know, the reality behind some of this stuff. Uh, you know? well, I don't know about getting jumped into a crew. I mean, and when I was coming up, look, if you're great at what you do and you're recognized for what you do, um, you would be asked to join. I never heard of anybody getting beaten up to join a crew. That was more of a, a gang thing. And it wasn't yeah. necessarily a crew thing. Nowadays, I'm so disconnected from what the new genre of graffiti writers do. All the guys I know are completely there. Yeah, and I love, look, I'll drive down the freeways of LA and I'll see some incredible work. I mean, incredible work. Especially yeah. right now. I, I oh, mean, yeah. it's going crazy Especially right now. <laughs> the graffiti. Oh, yeah. And stylistically, like, there's styles that have come back that have kind of been quiet for a long time. People are doing huge bubble letters people are doing straightways. i mean I'm just, uh, straight letters that are incredible i mean it's always going to keep evolving and changing in terms of violence in the art world i just don't understand it um you know have i been in altercations numerous ones um have i been shot at and i've had a knife pulled on me yeah I've had, i live in los angeles you don't have to be a graffiti writer or a street artist to have that happen in la you don't um is it it's set your head and i see a lot of things did the guys I went out and did street art with, and I said, yeah, we saw a lot of things, man. But it's like, there comes a point in your career trajectory that these things are just things that get in your way. If you have an actual direction and you know what you want, the beef, the drama, it's all like, I mean, who's got that much fun in the day? 
Just, that becomes secondary, <laughs> right? Yeah, right. right. It's like, yeah, it's yeah. just all now. Well, right. and that's the problem now. It's like there was no, you know, when we were coming up writing, we were painting graph, like there was no, uh, you know, Facebook or, you know, Instagram or, and now, like in the 90s, when technology started taking off, you had these people like doing a piece in their backyard, taking a Photoshop, of, you know, photograph of Photoshop, and said, I'm up all over. LA. <laughs> <laughs> or yeah. what they do now is like, you know, AI is the greatest threat there is right now to human existence. I mean, Elon Musk said it best. I mean, nowadays, you just, you even merely just breathe a word about graffiti on Facebook or any of these other sites. And they, they will come after you so hard if they catch you. I have so many friends who've gotten busted for less. Case in point, you've got guys coming on the show with handkerchiefs on their faces. You've got people covering themselves up. Dude, if the feds want to know who you are, they're going to find you. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Let me give you a point. And, and you know what? Some people may say, well, it destroys fucking crazy. Because, All right, man, look at the riots. Those cops were chasing a single person. Do you know why? Because AI is smart enough. The, the human algorithm already exists where they can identify each and every one of you. You carry a cell phone that's a yeah. tracking device. The Fourth Amendment doesn't protect you from shit when it comes to your yes. electronics. Nobody knows that. Nobody understands that. When they were busting kids on the train in New York, they were using Bluetooth technology simply to, for the cops to communicate with each other. Fighters were like, how am I getting busted this fast? Technology Can't compete with that. Can't yeah, compete with that. Hey, there was that case where um, there was a lady, she did some art... Um, in some federal property, something like out in the, kind of like the mountain somewhere. And she's like this old rock or something. She painted on it. And then she posted it all over her Instagram. And the feds swooped in and busted her. You don't even look, you don't even have to post it on Instagram. We live in, yes, we live in a society where people willingly give up their own privacy and privileges. And the next thing you know, like, you know, they get taxed. Their information gets sold to some third-party vendor, and everybody gets up in arms about it. You need the dumbass to put all the information online for people to take it. That's yeah, and as long as you have one of these, you're practically giving them, you know. Cops yeah. don't need to chase you. Cops don't need to come. Do you know how many policemen have approached me while I'm doing art on the streets of LA? I don't run, man. I walk towards them and I talk to them, right? And guess what? Half of them give me shit, and half of them don't. Regardless of how old I am, what color I am, if you're, if you're dealing with a, a, someone who's a dick, they're going to be a dick. It doesn't matter. Yeah, Facts right. right there, man. Facts, dude. Yeah, just about to say, it's like you're worried about beefs. I mean, you better worry about the cops coming after you, too. Yeah, you know? Don't get me wrong, man. I mean, the profile is a real thing. It's happened to my, some friends of mine. I've seen it happen to me. I had a cop tell me, you won't say, let me go because I'm white. All right? Ooh. I had that happen to me in <laughs> 1980. 1989, when I was cleaning the Belmont Tunnel, they busted 19 people, 20 people, and they let us go. They go, all right, you guys can go. You're white. Get out of here. What the fuck? Damn. Whoosh. Oh, that stings. Whoa. Talk that about stings. privilege. It's, it's terrible. Jeez, it's terrible. man. Hey, so I got I to gotta, I gotta ask you, Destroy. Um, you know, I, I see you're one of your iconic symbols behind you, too, man. And I know you were talking about the graffiti scene a lot, but um you know did you would you consider you transition or you did both i mean uh to uh kind of like is it a wheat paste uh, uh the the symbol in the back both but let me let me finish that one point I sure yeah 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 everybody writing right now about the police they're absolutely right something needs to be done because i'm really tired of seeing people that i came up with writing graffiti or painting or doing whatever being busted simply because of their skin color it's bullshit you know what i mean 
So yeah. I'm not very about that. Hey, now, what, what do you think about that mural in front of, uh, uh, I think it's the Chinese theater um, between uh, Highland and uh, Orange on Hollywood sure Boulevard? There's like, uh, I think they're talking about, uh, I, I think they did it already. They put uh, all, all live lives Oh, you, you mean the floor, the floor mural, right? Uh, oh. Yeah, right. It's in the, it's in the street. Well, yeah. it's there. It's yeah. Be- and then I think they started washing it away or something like that. And uh, then I mean, hold it and they kind of stopped it from like cleaning all it up. All Black Lives Matter movement is a very important movement and needs to be understood. Mm-hmm. And we need to have a better understanding of what's going on. All, you know, with Black Lives, it's ridiculous. Like what the, how they treat Black people is terrible. It's, it's, it's a crime. You know Every I mean? day, man. I mean, there's another guy in the news today. I saw the video of him just- Wisconsin. You, you oh, know, yeah. I, another guy gets shot. Yeah, right. And I, I was but just- I, mean, I can't imagine how I would feel if my fucking twins were sitting in the car watching me get shot. I yeah. Mean, yeah, no, I mean- yeah, it, I mean it, it's, people always say, well, you didn't see the beginning of the video. You didn't see the end of the video. I'm like, listen, dude, they shot- at least, like, I don't know, I don't know enough about the Wisconsin case, but when I look at other stuff, like, and this taps back to your question about my artwork on the joystick. I'm going to get to that in a second. Awesome. The thing is, is that you're killing an unarmed man. That's it. You're killing an unarmed man. And that is, who's got the gun? Who's got the knee on the neck? Who's doing those things? If you're doing Seven that, bullets. Yeah. Seven bullets in this guy's back. Like, okay, like, really? Like, that's, you're just going to hurt someone like that. Kill someone, right? Now, there so was some report that he, he, the suspect may have had a knife, but the guy who shot the video says he didn't actually see a knife, so. Well, there's also a report that George Floyd died of a uh, fentanyl poisoning, man. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so I mean, like. The health, re- health concerns. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I, was, I saw that, I was like. Let's take you- it back to, uh, let's take you back to the joystick. All right. So, the way it works with the joystick is around. When I started doing my thing, so I'm a Cold War kid, all right? I grew up during the Cold War. We had Reaganomics, we had AIDS, we had conflict with Russia. Hey, the more things change, the more they stay the same, right? <laughs> so, surprise, surprise. Um, we had riots, we had all that crazy living, right? And I was like, well, what's the one thing that came out of there that I really identified with? And it was my Atari 2600. And the beauty of the Atari 2600 to me was, you plug this thing in and you just shut off the world. You are infinite when you play video games. You are someone else. It is where the realms of Dungeons and Dragons and those guys gaxing role-playing games and whatnot, it's all dovetailed into these, into these machines, right? So now you're able to actually go ahead and be someone else and play. And it's just the control. When you have that joystick, it's all about control. It's all about ownership of the world that you live in. So I was like, huh. And here's a little bit joystick. Right? Instead of me getting all wax poetic on it, it doesn't like the joystick, right? So the, the idea came about where I started making the joystick and putting them all over LA, and they weren't that big. I first started really, really small because everybody was going big, so I went the opposite direction. And like a sticker. That, yeah, and that actually, I took that from the graph world because tags are not necessarily, well, they can get really big, but they're also really small, and you look at them at the stoplight, at the bus bench. So I started doing that. And then that evolved into other constructs that represent control, like Frankenstein's monster or the riot cop, which took off like crazy. The riot cop, everybody, I, I don't have any of those pieces. I don't have very many. I'm going to pull it up right now for the audience just yeah. so. Uh, yeah, let's take a look at that. Just so we can take a look at it because uh, this is, for me, is iconic, man. Um, uh, right here, this riot cop. And actually, we got the Frankenstein oh, right man. here. 
Yeah, nice. you can see right here. And then uh, right here, we got the joystick uh, that's behind. Uh, uh, you know, what I love about the joystick, man, that it's like a 3D effect, but it's a flat image, man. You know, it's a super cool, uh, like kind of like a visual uh, distortion or I, I forgot what those are called. But um, <clears throat> yeah. I always saw it for what he was just talking about. I was like, man, that's because I'm a control freak myself. You know what I mean? Hmm. And so I, maybe that's why I immediately identified with that, you know, and like when I was growing up, Pong, Pong was, was like, I was thinking I was nine years old and uh, Pong was the shit. And then um, Breakthrough. Uh, and then after that, I don't remember. Um, but well, we had uh, Pac-Man. Yeah. What's that? Yeah. Was Pac-Man before this yeah. or? Yeah. No, this is before, this is before all that stuff. Yeah, Pong was, before Pong all of that. Um, I mean, that was no, that was a personal and those guys, before they went to a television, um, that control ideology, the idea of control, the idea of, you know, this medium where I could basically control whatever I want, however I want it, almost playing God, was something that spoke to me, um, almost out of a Machiavellian type of way of thinking. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I know children don't see it that way, but think about it, man. Like in the 80s, you had all these like cartoon characters and these different images to get your mind off things. The world was a really crazy world back. I mean, the Berlin Wall is still up. I mean, yeah. mm -hmm. and you had, you had conservatives preaching that AIDS was the wrath of God. And you had, so what can you do to basically shield the world and provide an opiate to people? Entertainment, video games. Exactly. So mm -hmm. I started doing that. And the riot pop was funny because, uh, <laughs> you know, I did that. What, everyone was, you remember Occupy Wall Street and the 99%? Oh, the yeah. So I flipped it on its head and I did the 1%, the enforcers of that 1%. Just and I remember, dude, like, I put that thing up. So many people, like, hit me up about it. Pops were asking me. They wanted to print. I mean, it was just nice. 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 Yeah. So, that that, that yeah. kind of disturbs me, man. I, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like this kind of, like, control thing. And when a cop says, hey, I, I want a, uh, but, but like I said, maybe he just was an art. Yeah, James, unfortunately, <laughs> had a completely different experience with the whole art thing and cops and everything. But before we move on, I just want to uh, point out one more thing that I do like about the, the joystick image is just the simplicity of it, you know? You got a stick and a button, and that's it. And that's all you needed to control. You know what I mean? And yeah. you know, you got like all these keyboards. You got like all these different control things with the Nintendo and all these fucking buttons and shit like that. <clears throat> Whereas, you know, with this control, there's the joystick, the button, and right. that's it. And that's the simplicity that I really loved about it too. It's, um, it was a very simplistic design. And to be honest with you, I took that, you know, um, from Shepard from Obey. Um, when I talked to Shep, but, you know, I used to see him in the yards before he blew up. He was doing all these really cool things, you know. And I, I would say, dude, like, what's up with the Obey Giant? Like, and he was like, oh man, it's you know, Giant has a posse. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, no, no, the Giant has I'm like, all right, bro, that's cool, man. And then like, you know, the guy makes more money than God. And the symbol is simplistic. Uh, you're talking right. about a RISD graduate putting together this super crude sticker. And this thing was everywhere. <laughs> but see, that, that inspired me because he was able to take it to a level that was so prolific 
I mean, he, he was like up there with like, in my opinion, he was as prolific as Chaka or as Cossack yes. or Alice or Minor or any of those guys from the 80s. This guy was different medium, but yeah. definitely. But getting up like a motherfucker everywhere. Oh, yeah. And, and a lot of things, um, he was uh, down on Third Street Promenade um, trading, trading his stuff um for like clothes and stuff <clears throat> at times which also helped to to you know propel him out into the streets um mm -hmm. because you hook up with those types of people in the street you have a an experience with them you make a trade with them then all of a sudden those people adore you more than if they just bought your your piece in a, in a store or something like that yeah absolutely. you know but just the just the um repetition is yeah. uh what he was uh what really really did it for him the mm -hmm. effort that he put behind <laughs> right. Getting up yeah. all over the damn place. It will never be um, replicated, in my opinion. And and the thing is, <clears throat> it's the message is so incredible when you when you see it because it's the art's supposed to speak to you, right? And like it's, again, going back to the graph world, like colors spoke to me, characters spoke to me, you know. Um, and there was going to be beef and drama. It's like it's in every, it's, that's in the music industry too, which I've been yep. part of. Like there's a lot of that. Anyway. So, you know, I, I always thought that the uh, like the silhouette figures were always pretty powerful. You know, silhouette. Oh, the silhouette. Yeah, silhouette. Yeah, just, just you know, just the uh, yeah, just like an know. image right there. Boom. You know, it's like, <laughs> which is pretty. Kind of uh, well, that's interesting you say that because there was an artist, uh, Phantom, who used to put up his silhouettes all over Los Angeles and they were really awesome and yeah. got picked up by Rage Against the Machine and they did there's also the uh, I don't know if you guys know of Richard uh, Hamilton based Hamilton yeah he Richard was Hamilton the, uh, was the original uh, Shadow Man in, yeah uh, New yeah. York he uh, he did that on like hundreds hundreds of buildings yeah so unfortunately let me just um, that. it was mainly because he was so jacked up on drugs he just couldn't go to sleep so he needed something to do <laughs> and then he, uh, <laughs> I'm just being honest, you know what I mean? And then, like, yeah, there, yeah, there you go. go. There's Shadow Man. Right. Um, and then he died, actually, uh, I think it was last year. Um, and uh, it's it's weird because he was hanging out with all the big guys, you know, Basquiat. Andy Warhol, um, Basquiat. Uh, he did collaborations with, oh, well, collaborations. He did, I know, at least one collaboration he did with Basquiat. But, um, yeah, unfortunately, he just he fell victim to drugs, and just you know, his, and that, his whole side of his face was all like yeah. decaying and everything. Uh, and man, and uh, that's rough, man. I mean, you know, there's I I love all I could say this with perfect honesty, like all the art that's coming out today on the streets of LA, stuff that I see online is incredible. And yeah, you got these guys to thank because. You know, just looking at this guy's work, you can actually see like there's a true like it. it oh, there's the uh, those of you who are watching. We have the the uh, uh, collaboration with Basquiat and uh, Shadowman. There's a, a skull that's dripping. That's Basquiat, and of course, a Shadowman behind him. Um, but yeah, these no. guys were the pioneers. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're that's they're powerful. the pioneers. Yeah. And um, you know, that's that was the beginnings. Absolutely. I mean, now more than ever, artists have to get out there and, and use their voice to speak about, you know, all, all the craziness in the world. I mean, that's what artists do. They are the they are the instruments to cause and incite riots and peace. You know, that's how I look at it. Uh, absolutely, man. I absolutely agree. An artist's uh, job is to address the current situation and to to give his take on it 
in a, you know, in a way that uh, will hopefully trigger some people to uh, take actions to make a difference. You know? Right. Yeah. Wake people uh, up, you know. Destroy. I got I to gotta notice your, your dope-ass T-shirt, man. <clears throat> the Motorhead. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> motorhead. I'm the, I'm usually I'm a I'm DJ. From, I'm from music. Florida. I'm from Florida, so you know that's <laughs> they were. Uh, we always heard of. I never actually saw them in concert or whatever, but um, yeah, big Motorhead fan. Um, I'm a, I'm yeah. the music uh, DJ producer uh, of the show, man, and usually we kind of uh, talk a little bit about music. So uh, you know, you having that T-shirt on makes it easy, yeah. man. I'm a big. Uh, yeah. I, I love Lemmy, man. I mean the swag. That Lemmy had is just like so hard, man. And talking about living that life, you, you know what I mean? <clears throat> Nowadays, we have rappers trying to live like rock stars because they know that rock stars always party the hardest, you know what I mean? And Lemmy is, is basically one of those guys, man, sitting at the bar till the day he died, right? Destroy, talk about your, uh, your connection with music. Uh, well, what can I tell you? So I played in several rock bands and metal bands in LA. Uh, matter of fact, we played a few shows with uh, Um Nice. And we recorded, we recorded in Hollywood our couple of demos there. Um, and then I'm still connected with the music industry. Uh, I work with guys who work with, um, I can't say the names, but just, just people that, you know, are uh, well connected with the music industry. Um, you know, but I don't, I play music myself. Um, you know, I've been an avid musician for a long time. What, uh, what instruments? I'm a guitar player and, um, here, there you go. So there's, man, you'll also notice that that red shading that I had on my face is gone now. And, uh, that's because Destroy just uh, showed us what the amazing guitar collection this that he has fun. behind him. I see, a couple, I see a couple strats there. I see a, uh, I see a Les Paul, right? Yeah. That's yeah. awesome, man. Dude, I'm a, I mean, I, I play guitar too. It's not my main instrument. I'm mainly a, a, a DJ, you know what I mean? But I do jam as, as well Love too. You. And uh, I, I'm yeah. basically like a rock is my roots, man. I mean, I'm more of a kind of a classic 70s rock kind of guy, but... You know, back in the day, man, if I wanted to, you know, you know, turn it up, man, I definitely put on some motorhead, man. And it, it, I mean, that, that's when we were, so we used to go out and paint or we used to go out and, um, you know, go pasting or whatever. I mean, we would listen to Black Sabbath, Sex Pistols, Motorhead, Metallica, Megadeth, Slayer. I mean, you, the list goes on and on. And by the end of the night, we're so exhausted. We're listening to Full Train and we're just burning for five <laughs> I mean, we would go out all night doing what we had to do, or we would do a mural like what we did at Art Basel. We were blasting the Bronx, and we were blasting like, you know, Locust and all these different hard, hardcore rock bands and punk bands. So it, I know I'm sure some of you have seen like the Joystick, I would remixes. So like one of the Joysticks had the Van Halen um, red lines through it, right? Yes, so, yes, like, I remember those. Yeah. And then Hell yeah. I did, a, I did a Louis Vuitton one. I did a BP one that was soaked in oil. I did another one that was, uh, shit, man, I can't remember all of them. I did one that had the Japanese uh, sunset on it. Um, <laughs> I mean, I did a lot of them. Yeah, they were fun. I mean, and then, and then you know, I know you had uh, All the Girls Love Earl a few, few weeks ago. Bubba. I remember when he was coming, Bubba was coming up. Yeah, and he was 
a couple of things about him was he liked the joysticks I was doing and he was making their own paste and we would talk about paste because my the one I was making it were organic. So after like four or five weeks, you'd have like mold and like you know we go rancid. <laughs> so nobody wanted to touch it. So then like you want to talk death metal. So like you we were like, all right. And then people would go over us and we'd get pissed. So we're like, all right, what can we do to like, you know, make it impervious and armored? So we started taking broken glass and putting it into the into the wheat face and like <laughs> wheat face into broken glass and fuck your hands up if you do it. Oh man. <laughs> Whoa! Dude, there's, that's a whole awesome. bunch of, there's a whole other side I'm not talking about because it's quite incriminating. I'll give you that. So we used to do that. We would do and then and then with Bubba, Bubba had that, that kick-ass like glue, which I used a little bit, but I make my own concoction, which was um which which I didn't use, you know, flour anymore because it would just it, it rots basically. Yeah, so, it turns all brown or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it looks yeah, dope exactly. for a while. It looks yeah. like that's walking dead feel to it. Yeah. But then like yep. you can't have it anymore because it just doesn't look good after a while. <laughs> so it's like so we started doing that and because people would, people would go over us and then we started realizing that sometimes and then the buff got so powerful with the city of LA that we couldn't put glass anymore because if they get hurt, we're gonna be the ones that, are, like I said, they'll find you. They're, you're not anonymous. Don't kid yourself. Doesn't matter how many VPNs, doesn't how many you know, burn phones you have. It does not matter. If they want to find you, they'll find you. Look, in 88, in 88, the city of LA was rocked with graffiti. And Nate Holden went ahead, was a councilman. He passed this law where you have the minute he passes this, this law that you have to be 18 years or older to buy spray paint. So if you got caught with a can of spray paint and you were under the age 18, you're already suspect, all right? They don't need to chase me. That's what I keep trying to tell people. So like, teacher, when you're putting up your pieces and people are all saying, oh my God, you know, like you're up and you got privilege. You're not... Dude, yes, there is privilege out there. That, that's true. But at the same time, they don't need to, they, they don't need to chase you. They just need to profile you. That's it. Yeah. Anytime they want, they could come to my house and pluck me out of my bed and be like, hi, you need to come downtown and you're going to pay this. And if you don't stop what you're doing, then we're going to put you in there. And then that's where I'd be like, okay, okay. there's your money. And yeah. okay, I'll there's stop. The money. And that it's in their best interest to tax you than to jail you. It really yeah. is. And I've experienced it myself a few times. So it's. it's I just wanted yeah, to bring up like the uh, uh, the Van Halen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude, Van. You, you know that's that's super cool, man. I I could see you know, and uh, going back to music, man. I mean, you know, talking about like let's talk about a little bit about like kind of like metal these days, man. How you feeling about the state of uh, uh, metal these days? Uh, I think free metal is not really what we grew up with anymore. Um, they call it classic rock. The new state of heavy metal is, for lack of better terms, um, okay. Um, there are some bands that are amazing, um, and there's some bands that are just, they're not, like, it's like, you look at, like, Skrillex, or you look at, like, you know, Chemical Brothers, or you look at this stuff, like, Pearl Audio has become so prevalent, like, everybody loves it, it's so easy. So people go to Guitar Center, which is the nurseries of music stores. They go straight to Pro Audio. They pick up a couple of turntables and computerize, and they are able to produce the next big hit. 
kids just don't want to sit down and learn how to play the guitar. They don't want to sit down and learn how to play the drums. They'd rather play Guitar Hero. <laughs> oh, yeah. guitar. I mean, South Park had it right. You know, like, you know, they made a whole joke out of it. But the music, like the metal bands now, Lamb of God is amazing. Um, I'm trying to think. From Animals as leaders, uh, you, you know, I mean, those guys that are well, interesting. Well, well, we're not, we're not, that's math metal, and that stuff is just insane. Like, I'm sorry, what? Math metal. Math metal? Oh, meth metal. Yeah, no, not meth metal. No, that's no, no. <laughs> animal that, I imagine it would be crazy, right? Uh, you know, a lot. I, I never knew it was called math metal, actually. Uh, but yeah, I'm sure there's some meth metal going on sometimes there too. You know what I mean? But basically, what he's talking about is uh, um, some super. They, you know, these have very complicated songs, man. I mean, the drumming for a lot of these, like, I guess you call it math metal. You know, and the guitar solos, man. It's just insane on a level. Yeah, they're, they're nuts. Guys like them, guys like um, uh, 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 May Sugar or Dillinger Escape Plan. I mean, these guys are doing odd time signatures. They're putting things, they do things that you're not supposed to do, and it sounds okay. That's, that's insane. That is that's interesting. Yeah. I find that interesting. I always well, like yeah. you know? Go ahead. Sorry, man. I always love how people try to uh, still headbang to these complicated time signatures, man. Because, <laughs> you know, the drummers in these bands are trying to make it so, like, you just can't do it anymore, you know, because uh, they well, want I'm amazed by to... them actually replicating the song. I mean, you listen to how complex it is, and, like, you're telling all the, the, the stops and everything, the cleanliness of it, and, and just, I, I'm blown away that, first of all, they can do it one time, you know, um, but to, to know that that they can actually, if they were to go on tour, come pretty close to replicating that song every fucking night, that's a different story. Well, I mean, that's impressive as a motherfucker. That's, that's my point. Years ago, I did a blog post about um, style, right? When it comes to doing your art, style and cleanliness. There's a lot of art that when you look at it, it's just not clean. It's not executed cleanly. And some people can get away with it. I mean, Jimmy Page, he played a lot of notes that people just like, why is that note in there? But it's Neil Young, cool. some dirty ass yeah, guitar. In the art, yeah, they're, they're, but in the art heavy, grungy sound. In the art world, it's the same thing. You can have mistakes and it looks incredible, like drips. People love drips, right? But if you're going for a specific thing, cleanliness, right? Like that, that's something that you've got to continually keep trying to get straight, straighten those lines, continue to try to be, you know, stay on the system. And that's my point is that a lot of artists that were coming up, at least when we were coming, you know, when we were in that fourth group of street artists, there were some people that just didn't give a shit. They were just getting up. And I love that. But replication is tough because you got to do it over and over and over again. And it needs to hit that, that mark over and over again. Mm. Yeah. Um, the cop, like you don't you know. Someone told me once, you don't need to be an artist to be a street artist. Hey, you I'm know sorry, what? I was what? A... Wait, what was that again? Like you don't need to be an artist to be a street artist. Right. <laughs> hey, you know, when I was a kid, and I used to see drips. I used to think those were some mistakes, and now it's like it's the thing, you know. No drips and overspray. You know, <laughs> like I like that stuff. I like messy work, but I also yeah. know Take that the delivery. I have an example for you. Someone like uh, Gregory Sif has uh amazing way of of keeping a balance of being <clears throat> a little bit messy 
but just clean enough to give the image in uh, a somewhat pleasing way with with nice colors. You know, Gregory, Gregory said that's hard. That's hard to do and be consistent doing that. Gregory's done really well for himself. He, um, you know, I remember when he was first starting out. I used to see him around the lab art scene in LA, and he was hanging yeah. out with this previous people, that people, and he's, he's done really well for himself. Yeah. It's put in the time too. I remember there was a point in time where I would just see him uh, at like all these different galleries, and not big galleries either. You know, like a small gallery over in Glendale, another one over here at opening whatever. And um, he's always going to schools and doing stuff at schools. And I just remember thinking, man, that dude is just hustling. He is nonstop, you know, working. And on top of that, he also has the, uh, the right attitude. Like every yeah, time I've ever been crazy. around him, he's been in like the best mood. Yeah, you know what I mean? He's a good person. And, he's very nice. and makes you feel like you're, you're like the only one in the world when he's talking to you. You know, and that's that's part of being a good artist. Yeah he's, uh, a very, yeah, he's a very he's a very kind person. You know, I met yeah. him. He's a very kind person. Um, there's a few artists that came out of that scene that, like, you know, um, I'm trying to think of some names. Blinky, who I adore. Blinky. I think oh, Blinky's yeah. just amazing. And um, did the little monkey, right? Yeah, but his but he's cool. He's cool. Yeah, and everything just. Absolutely. And, and he's not about the gallery. He's about the street. You know what I mean? or, yeah, he um, follows uh, he follows show feed. So that, that's real cool. You, you know what I mean? I mean, bringing up Blinky, like I see this guy. like Blinky every... does? He yeah, he, yeah, he follows us. Really? Let me just double check. Dude, we got to have him on. Yeah, I mean, dude, know? there's so many people we want to have on, man. Blinky one. Okay. Yeah, man. Yeah, Blinky definitely. amazing. Um, another dude that was, was, a, was a really good guy and really great is Mark. This means more. I remember when yep. he was, before he started doing his his super intricate, you know, style. He was doing like these beautiful uh, pieces of, of girls, and they were just great. yeah. Oh yeah, I remember those. Yeah. Yes. You know, and you know, I enjoyed the, those. The thing is, you know, you know, these people. I'm so glad and gracious that I was able to be a part of that moment in the fourth. You know, I call it the fourth wave. Um, I like that. That's a good. Uh, it's a good title, I think. I mean, it, it is. It is that. I mean, there was this thing where you had hybrid graffiti, you had the constructive art graffiti, you had street art. People didn't know what to label it. People didn't post graffiti, and it was all just art, you know. And, right. and you had these people coming up who were just really, really good at being good, you know. So it's, it's, a, it's a good time. It was a good time, and then it changed. You know, it just became this. You can't get anything up in Los Angeles anymore. You can't get up anything in California without it being removed after two days. <laughs> yeah. So basically, I just have a, I have a permit, you know, to get up on this one box in downtown LA, and I just keep that in a nice little uh, plastic envelope. And you know, um, the the police know at this point that there are a bunch of artists that have permits to put artwork on the uh, traffic control um cabinets uh, electrical boxes at the, the intersection yeah. so I know. a lot of them won't even stop or bother some of them do just because they're bored or something like that i want to have a little power trip or some shit like that um but uh you know if you're getting up on a wall or you're, you're you know doing something else that's a whole different story well um, we, used to, we didn't even have that luxury like when we were doing we just used to take a menu or something we take an envelope and wave it at them like this and they would <laughs> <laughs> 
I think I remember, um, uh, oh, I don't remember exactly what it was, but I remember at some point they had like a, a, a little um, special thing like in a, in a laminated. No, no, no. Uh, that was us. That was a, us. A credential. Let me be, let me be very clear. Nate, the, the, no one ever, okay. The naysayers said it didn't work. It did work. Okay. Uh, myself and, and Sept, we had um, these, these lanyards. And it said working crew on them. And we would go up there and like, we'd just be doing our thing and have like the, the reflective gear. And I mean, we were everything. Some people would mistake us for Caltrans or we're working for the movie. Cops would come and talk to us like, yeah, it's, it's for a movie. It's for like a film. Um, we're just, oh, it's for an album drop. We were doing electric boxes. And remember like back in the day, all these DJs would like, you know, get high, hemp, like, you know, all these like, you know, rap rappers with their like album drops right it's these huge gold pieces on it and all this shit when we were doing our own stuff and they just thought we were part of a pr like a, a street team and yeah the right body language all right yeah well yeah i mean they, we still got hassled quite a bit um so they they just you know they're looking to to to, to they say they're looking to meet their quota some people say that i don't know if it's true but we would get hassled Cops, LAPD would talk to all the time. Sheriffs were worse. Sheriffs were mean. They didn't like us. You know? Yeah. Sheriffs took, they were the ones that took me in. Well, yeah. That's, I remember that. That was not good. But yeah. It had to happen, though, dude. The way that I was going, I, um, I was actually wanting, I was trying to, to get arrested uh, just because I figured it would help get the, you know, the message that I was putting out there. And, you know, I uh, figured, you know, a graffiti artist named Teacher putting out a message of Teach Each Child, you know, getting arrested. That's a good story. It would get picked up and, you know, would get exposure in that way. Um, but, I mean, honestly, dude, I, I honestly thought that if a cop ever did catch me doing something, you know, small or whatever, that he would probably be like, look, dude, okay, I get it and everything, but clean this up, you know, go home. But I was in West Hollywood. And, and, uh, and they, that's where they have the sheriff too. <laughs> well, yeah, that's where he's right down the street from yeah, the, uh, exactly. that's the, police the sheriff's department, department and everything. And the, the guy actually told me on the way in, um, it was because a security guard in Sunset Plaza used to be a sheriff. He's a retired sheriff. And he's the one that saw me originally and was like, hey, what are you doing? And I was like, walked on down to the uh, House of Blues. <laughs> Had a list of things I wanted to do that night. And um, that was the dude that called the cops. Mm. And so the cop told me on the way in, he said, look, dude, you know, um, if it were me, you know, I, I get it, man, I'd let you go. But um, that security guard back there, that's, uh, he's a retired uh, deputy. So yeah, that's, uh, let's uh, take yeah. you in. You he's, know, he's you're not saving the cop. world what you're doing here. Probably so, a uh, buddy of his or something. <laughs> he was playing yeah. good cop. And at the end of the day, I mean, you know what, though, Teach? I would say that at least amongst artists, when people know that you, you had some uh, trouble with the law, you know, just like how when we threw the last art show, how I had to deal with the police. Uh, you know, it always just people just kind of give you some recognition like, oh, OK, you know, much respect. At least, uh, you, you know, you've handled that because not well, every dude, it, it, it got me the best lookout of, of all time. Um, destroy, I don't know if I ever told you this, but uh, my buddy uh, Scott Lane with Loud Labs, he's a, uh, a, a stringer. You know, he, uh, back in the day when we're, when he offered to be my, my cover man, <clears throat> um, it was just him. And I think maybe one other guy 
and he would basically sit in the middle of LA in a very fast car with eight police radios covering all the different sections of LA and listen and wherever the shit was going down, he would haul ass there, fill it, and then sell it to the news stations. Like yeah, that movie, it's, uh, Nightcrawler. It's, 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 it's like it's he actually TV. consulted with him. So that, he, he offered his services as my lookout. And that's how I stayed safe, you know, for uh, quite a few years uh, until I, you know, like, I guess, what about so, four or five years ago, I decided to just, you know, uh, it's, it's time to move on, you know. Um, a lot of the guys did. A lot of What's the, that? A lot of the guys did move on. A lot of the people that I mentioned. Well, from doing from doing billboards and stuff. I'm always going to get up like in the street I've, somehow. I've seen some, of your, I've, I've seen some of your billboards. Yeah. <laughs> they are pretty badass, man. <laughs> yeah, the thing is, like, you know, <laughs> just been it so long for so long. And I've just seen so many trends come and go. I've seen so many people talking about you know their time when they were doing something right and at the end of the day i just came to the conclusion that everybody has their set time and you have to use that time wisely and just try to have fun while you're doing it and don't what did i say in that one video as long as you're not hurting moms dogs or god you're going to be okay right? <laughs> i like that love that That's true, man. man and love you know what here's the thing god. as a true artist as a true artist you develop you change you move on you know what i mean Ball. you don't want to keep yourself just doing the same thing. I mean, unless it's a therapeutic thing, you know, and that's your means for, for that, then, you know, whatever. But as a true artist, you know, if you want to be a true artist to yourself, you move, you change, you, you don't stick on, on doing the same thing. So, you know, well, I mean, there's going to be a day where I don't um, right. cut stencils anymore, you know? I'll always get up in the street probably, but, um, you know, there's going to be, there'll be changes, so. Um, that's the thing, it's like creativity is a birthright not a privilege and oftentimes people mistake they get that confused right it's like the government and the way artists are treated i've never been a fan of it you know california is better la is better when it comes to tax write-offs and things like that but you gotta do your business as an artist right we're the entertainment state man um now the thing that really bums me out is the way artists are not you know, they're not revered the way you would see like a doctor or an attorney or an accountant, you know what I mean? And yeah. a lot of these people use art to test themselves in a way that's super important to them. That's why, like, I know we opened up this whole talk about, like, the whole, all the movement out there and all those things that are important, and I support it because at the end of the day, it's really, you know, art helps unleash and open people's minds. And if you don't have art, and you're just one step closer to being dead. Amen to that. You know? Dude, I think, you know, art is the cornerstone of society, man. We often talk about that, man. And damn, I think that's a good place to, to end it where uh, Destroy just drops some knowledge, man. And that, that hour pretty Dude, much. Dude, we're already past an hour. <laughs> it's crazy, man. That it surprised me, though, man. I, you know, it, I, I knew we could just keep going on with hours for this guy because he's got uh, just tons of knowledge. And I mean, oh, just man. what he was talking about with some of the, the graffiti crews um you know uh calling out ones i never even heard of before um you know uh thank you so much bro for coming on and uh we'd love to have you on again um just because there's uh, there's so much more there um thank you when we're back in the yeah, studio it's a though. fascinating conversation it really is when we're back well, in the studio though right you know what i mean because right now 
Yeah, I, I would love be to soon. see you face to face and go have a beer afterwards. You know what I mean? Or have a beer during the show. I'll to that. Or, yeah, exactly. During the show. There you go. You guys are doing a very, very important thing. Um, and my hat's to you. It's not an easy thing. This is a lot of work. And, and I hope you guys can continue it for a long time. So thanks for having me. And, um, you know, hopefully you got my good side. And, Dude, <laughs> I, I'm so uh, grateful for uh, all the honesty and, and, and the stories and everything. Um, if people would like to uh, reach out to you for commissions or anything like that, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? Just go to destroyalldesign.com. That's uh, my contact information. I'm, I'm on all the, I'm on the internets. You know what I mean? <laughs> the medias. I'm in all the medias. Just lick your finger and put it out there. There I am. There you are. That's that guy right there. That dude. I love it, man. And I think, bro, man. Cheers. Hell yeah, man. Thank you so much, man. You know what? Again, like when we get back in the studio for the audience, man, I think uh, we all agreed that when schools open up, we're going to try to get back in the, um, in the studio, man. And when we get back in the studio, it's going to be a completely different vibe. We're still going to be doing these, uh, zoom calls with people from out of town but you know we're gonna have people coming in the studio hanging out uh less than 10 people because we want to make sure we keep covid and the pandemic real and COVID, in, COVID you know. compliant it's always been less than 10 there's never been more than um well when when richard is there uh with his guys um most it's ever been is seven so yeah yeah you know what yeah, i mean absolutely. i mean so at the end of the day, I mean, you have a, guys have a lot of good things to look forward to. And Destroy, we want to have you in the studio drinking with us. And maybe you can play a few guitar licks for us too, man. Oh, my that's God. Be, oh, that'd be awesome, man. Well, yeah. That'll be great. We'll do that. You guys just uh, let's, let's get through this crazy world and election and pandemic and fires. And uh, I don't know what else is going. Killer Hornets. And yeah. An election yeah, coming up. Like 2020 is canceled. 2020 is canceled, yo. That's just, it crashed. It's over. You know? Yeah, man. I mean, there's, I, I, I can't believe this year's turned out by the, but I got to say, man, we've all kind of made the best of it, man. And uh, if you're out there and you're struggling, man, join the community and just, you know, DM a fellow artist and, you know, commiserate. That's all I right. say, man, because <laughs> we can't go through yeah, this. Too. Hey, you know, commiserate they, loves they, company. No, 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 wait. Leave <laughs> destroy alone. Let him, let him do his thing. You can DM us if you want to, you know, any kind of uh, therapy questions or, you know, you're you're thinking some horrible thoughts or whatever. Uh, leave, leave destroy alone. <laughs> give, us a, give us a DM. And uh, I'm, I guarantee we've had someone on our show that's going to, you know, be the perfect person to, to give you some advice. So, oh, yeah. yeah. Thanks. I mean, again, uh, it's a mad, mad world, and now we have to deal with it until you know, hopefully things will change. Yeah, hopefully. Awesome, man. Amen, brother. Hell yeah, man. So, again, thank you so much, Destroy, for coming on, man. And, uh, uh, you know, for the audience, love you guys. Take care and peace. Great. Peace. Thank you.